Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. And welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host Daryl Amy here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Well, we got we Daryl. First of all, we got all kinds of things going on. I know what you're going to say here in a second, but <laughs> you <know. laughs> and, and you got to be kind, dude. But hey. I got um, you know, I always say that you know, in order to get, you must give. And and actually, in a couple of days, I'm doing our largest fundraiser here for my Kiwanis group. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you you know, that's near and dear to me. So. Here again in a couple of days, I'll be, you know, heading up our brew fest again. So no, that's exciting. Uh man, the uh the amount of impact from Brewfest and what you do with Kiwanis in your local community is always inspiring. And uh, but I gotta say, before before we go into this episode tonight, Larry, and for the next three nights, you and I, normally friends, normally allies, normally on the same side, are gonna be arch enemies as the uh, hot batters from the Toronto Blue Jays head into LA. So this is going to be fun. By the time the podcast is out, it'll be over. The dust will be settling. You'll be licking your wounds and, and we can become friends again. So this will no, be- No, no, dude, stop it. You can ride off on your broomstick <laughs> later on because that's what's going to happen. Sweep, sweep, sweep. So we can move on, okay? Hey, hey, by the way, welcome to this from the Heart podcast. <laughs> if you're new, you've joined a growing community, a somewhat irreverent community from time to time of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, providing true value. We call it selling from the heart. Um, Larry, we've got a great guest this week, but first I just want to give a shout out to our good friends over at Send Out Cards. And uh, I got to tell you, Larry, this week, I think I've gotten two text messages back from people that I've sent cards to that were just blown away. It's like, uh, it's like the bar is set so low in our culture right now for saying thank you, that just taking 30 seconds, taking two minutes to write a card and say thank you to someone has such an impact. And uh, I just, I just want to just give a shout out to our friends over there because it uh, has made a huge difference in my relationships this week. And just seeing the feedback is really exciting. Well, you know, you know, what's interesting about that, that whole, the concept around that is I'm a firm believer. It's about memories and experiences. So over the last week, my mailbox has been flooded, absolutely flooded with cards. And I actually, normally I hate going to the mailbox. I just, <laughs> but I actually, now I'm, I'm going, okay, when's the next card coming in? And it's cool. Cause my wife and I are opening the cards and yeah. on the cards are actually pictures and memories with nice sayings from the Relationship Marketing Grand Summit. So what better way to show appreciation to somebody than to really show that you care and share something that has some meaning to them? Yeah. So if you haven't checked it out yet, you can send your first card for free at cards.sellingfromtheheart.net. Larry, we have a great guest this uh, this week. This is going to be an epic conversation. Um, why don't you introduce our good friend and let's dive in. Wow. Uh, well, I guess the first word, and he already knows it because I tell it to him all the time, the first word that comes to mind when I think of Jack Hubbard's legendary, because, <laughs> and, and this is why, um, when I travel around and, and run into people, you, you know, that I respect, I said, hey, just out of curiosity, 
you, have you ever heard of Jack Hubbard? And nine times out of 10, they're going to go, let me tell you a story about Jack Hubbard, right? Whether it's Meredith Elliott Powell and some of the people that I look up to. So um, I've enjoyed over the course of the past year, and I'm not going to hold it against Jack because Jack's a Cubs fan, but they've actually won the World Series since, you know, since the Dodgers have. So without further ado, welcome Jack Hubbard to Selling from the Heart. Larry, Daryl, great to be with you guys today. And uh, a legend means that I'm old. And <laughs> Jack, it's all up here, man. It's all up here. Yeah, so long with my golf Experience, trustworthy. There's so many other great acronyms. Yeah, uh, my, my wife will tell you that, I, that Abraham Lincoln took my birthday off. So that's how old I am. Hey, you know, I, Jack, I'm so honored that you're on the podcast today because I know you've been a champion for authenticity in the financial services industry. And I'm curious as we start, you know, the question that, that we ask all of our guests, and I'm really looking forward to hearing your answer on this. What does it mean to you to sell from the heart? Well, it, it, that's an easy question, Daryl. And, and, you know, I, I read a sales book a week. And I always have this close to me because it's, it's, it's so practical and it's, it's just a marvelous, marvelous read. Congratulations again, uh, Larry, for, for doing that. Um, as far as the answer to the question, it, it is an easy one. It's trust and value. When we started in this business, I'll tell you a quick story. Starting this business 20 years ago, uh, we, uh, uh, my wife knew that we didn't have a whole lot of business. And so she went to a bookstore and found this book called The Trusted Advisor. And it was written by a guy named uh, Charles Green. And, and, and I have this uh, terrible habit of, of when, when someone sends me a book like Larry did, I pick up the phone and call Larry and I'll say, well, why did you write the book? Tell me a little bit about it. So I called Charlie and the trusted advisor is an epic and a classic uh, book, certainly in the business realm. And I've gotten to know Charlie over the years and we've had a lot of good discussion around how bankers need to do a better job with trust. You would think they do, but they don't. And value. And, and I always tell my clients that if, if you can provide value, you're going to differentiate yourself so much. And the bar is set so low for our industry in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. If you can just do a little bit better, you're going to be twice as good as the competition. Yeah. Wow. But, but here's, here's what's interesting about it, because whether that be in the banking world, which you're massively familiar with, whether that be in the sales world where Daryl and I came out of, I mean, we talk about trust, we talk about value, we talk about authenticity, we talk about being genuine, but we still talk about it. And w- where do you think the disconnect lies? I'm, I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are since, A, there's been great books written about it, there's been great, you know, white papers, there's been blogs, there's been discussions around this. Why? Why do you think we're still talking about it in 2019? It's a great question. And, and I'll, I'll tell you what, what I believe the shorter answer, short answer is to it, and then I'll expand quickly. Uh, the answer is when all is said and done, more is said than done. We do a lot of training. We're in a lot of banks. And people shake their heads, they fill out smile sheets, and they go back to their desk and they don't change. Part of the challenge is, and you wrote about it too, and a lot of, lot of books do, is that when they go back to their desk, they're not mentored by someone who cares the same as the outside training company does. Mm. And, and there's so much disconnect, there's so much misalignment in our industry 
between what is on the website and what I see in, in meetings. So for example, I'll look at a website and there'll be words like partner and relationship and not lots of nice pictures and they let dogs in their branch. And then I'll go to the pipeline meeting and all they care about is beating up people for numbers. When there's that misalignment or disconnect, if I'm an employee, I'm going to gravitate to who pays my paycheck, which is my boss, not necessarily the customer, although they ultimately pay, pay the paycheck. Mm. And, and part of you mentioned selling. Part of this whole idea around it is words matter, guys. Words matter. And when you talk about things like close the sale and cross-selling and all these terms, upselling, that makes the customer a victim, not a colleague and not someone to partner with. Yeah. Yeah. But that's so, uh, what a, what a great answer. And, and I think uh, that difference between what we practice and what we, we read, I mean, that it all comes down to executing in the real world and, and being the change that we want to see. Um, and I think, you know, what I love about our listeners uh, to this podcast, and I think this is why this conversation is going to be so helpful, is we've got a community of sales professionals that are, are saying, you know what, I want to be the person. I want to actually become and be in the real world, that trustworthy person and not just, you know, not, you know, whatever my company does, I, I want to be that trustworthy person. And so I, I love that we've got that, that group of champions out there that we're seeing this happen. And, and so that brings us to our conversation topic today, which you already alluded to. And that is the difference between cross selling and what you call cross-solving. Unpack that for us for a few minutes. Sure. Uh, you know, you, you guys do great trading. Uh, and, and people, I saw a figure of $4.2 billion spent last year in sales training. Wow. And words matter. So when you, when, when you teach someone to cross-sell, the way I, in bank-to-business, let's just, because we do a lot of work in that space, if, if, you, if I teach you to cross-sell the way I prepare for a call, what, what I'm looking for from the client, uh, the, the questions that I formulate, the questions that I ask, the follow-up that I do is all going to be based on selling products. In trust-based selling, it's not me versus you. It's not manipulation and sleazelation and obfuscation and all those Asians. Mm-hmm. It, it's me and you versus your problem. So if we teach needs-based selling, why don't we talk about it the way it is? It's cross-solving. We are here to solve people's problems. And if we do that, they'll bring us money in bushel baskets. And I don't care if you're in the banking industry, if you sell copiers or cars or training, they'll, they'll come to you because you truly care about them and you've articulated that through the words that you say and the way you train. The other thing is, I don't believe in closing. I don't believe in handling objections. I don't believe in any of that. I don't believe in scripting or any of that. I I think when you have a conversation, one of the five C's of trust-based selling, conversations, curiosity, collaboration, customization, and connectivity, when you you do that and, and you have the customer's heart in your heart, uh, this whole process becomes easy. You never have to worry about closing the sale and you never have to worry about the competition because if you provide the value and trust that we talked about at the beginning, and if you do that cross-selling, 
you'll be the competition. You won't ever have to worry about the competition. That's, that's so great. First of all, I'm listening and I'm actually watching Daryl's eyes gleam because Daryl's a, he's an alliteration freak. So when you lay down the five C's, Jack, I knew that was music to Daryl's ears. But, but what, what was really, what's really interesting as, as I, as I listen to you and I, and I share it in a different way, but the same points across gets across is we as salespeople, regardless of what industry, regardless of what vertical that you operate in is we got to step away from the company. We got to step away from the product. We got to step from behind that service. And I always say, how do you get on equal business stature with people? Well, we, you, you got to sit next to them and you got to quit hiding. And I think a lot of times we hide behind everything because, you know, maybe it's fear, maybe it's uneasiness, maybe it's, you know, some vulnerability. We can all do better, but we got to step away and step next to somebody. It's very true. And I, I love what you said about sitting next to people and, and in a, in a virtual sense, when, so, when a banker is preparing for a business development call or whatever you want to call it, I call it case study planning. If they can virtually get around the other side of the desk and prepare their call with the customer sort of there and they think about the customer and what's going on in their life, how dynamic their business is, what are their true financial needs? Truthfully, people don't need loans. They need to manage their growth. They don't need a remote deposit capture machine, they need to manage their cash better. So when I walk around the other side of the desk and I look at the website of a business, yours, Larry, or Daryl's, and I'm trying to call, I'm gonna call on you, and I think about what's going on in your heart, what's going on in your business, what are you worried about? And this 1980s question that I hate, they, 80s call, they want their question back, what keeps you awake at night? I like it in a more 2019 context, but you get it. When you prepare that way with the, with the customer virtually next to you, that the whole sales call and the conversation is so much different. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. I love the me plus you versus the problem rather than the me versus you. Um, and moving. So I'm curious, though, as, as you think about, obviously, a consumer walking into a, a bank branch, for example, um, they've got their guard up because we're like the wounded animals, right? We've, uh, we've been cross-sold to so many times. And it doesn't matter what industry you're in. We walk into environments where, where clients and prospects have their guard up. And they probably should, uh, but what are what are some of the ways that uh, that you would coach a sales rep to say, hey, these these are some of the ways we can start to move around the table and build trust with with those clients. We did a study and we found that about eighty percent of branch transactions are service related transactions. People are mm -hmm. coming to the branch today because mm -hmm. they have a problem. Uh, they, they just got married and they want to change their name. They lost their debit card. Uh, they have an overdraft, whatever the case might be. Mm -hmm. I think the real issue is how do I build trust by solving the problem first and then doing some cross uh, solving? If they come into the branch, it's highly, highly likely that they're already a customer, which means they have some level of trust in you. Mm -hmm. it, it, and Charlie talks about it and, and Stephen Covey talked about the emotional bank account. If you can solve somebody's problem, if you can notice that, that, the, that they have a young grandchild with them and talk to the grandchild and build that level of trust, 
they may not buy anything from you today, mm-hmm. but they may allow you to reach out to them later on. And based on some of the observations that you've done, you can have a great conversation based on what you see. I'll, I'll tell you another thing. We have a client that does a really unique thing um, and, and they do a study every year with their clients. And uh, it, they, they, it's all about the customer experience. But they put a few questions in there about what we call MIM, money in motion. Mm-hmm. And it says, when are you going to buy a car? When are you going to do this? And it moves that survey to the branch, the results of the survey to the branch that's closest to that customer. And the branch manager calls and they said, we're trying to do a wellness checkup with you, a financial wellness checkup. Mm-hmm. We understand how our organization can be of better help to you. Well, the, bank, the banker already knows that the buyer is in, in, in for a, a building a pool or buying a car. And now that dialogue can be trust-based and mm-hmm. almost service-based, but it translates into that sales base because of the trust the banker has built. Yeah, that's good. You know, last week uh, we had a great conversation with uh, with Jason. And if you didn't get a chance to check out that that conversation, go back and listen to it. And he was talking about erasing the line between your professional and your personal life. And it makes me think of uh, one of my business bankers. And I've, I've had, I've been as a business client at a bank for uh, uh, close to 20 years now. I've, I've had a lot, my share of cross-selling happen uh, to me for sure. And I've had my share of being ignored, but I've also had banking relationships where um, the banker literally erase the line between my personal and my professional life. I remember driving up to the drive-through to that transactional person who's making a deposit one day and the, the branch manager comes to the window and says, I was looking for you and slides out a laminated copy of something my son was in the newspaper. This is probably 10 years ago that this happened. The, and, and, and I still remember it to this day. In fact, uh, you know, I still have goodwill with this person in this bank because of that. And, and what I love is that was an example of somebody, you know, it didn't have anything to do with my business. Um, but it had, had to do with somebody wanting to develop an authentic relationship with me, um, showing that they were paying attention. Kind of like we were talking about earlier with our friends that send out cards, you know, just really going for, um, an authentic interaction and, and, to me, that was that was a huge um, step in terms of knocking that wall down. And Larry, I know you're a champion for sales uh, professionals going out and looking for ways to break down that personal professional barrier, right? Yeah, and I think you know even in Jack's world um, that he that he operates in is there's so much information out there to build that relationship with somebody, you just have to go proactively search for it. Right. And, you know, along the line with a selling from the heart theme and so forth is as fast as you can get to somebody's heart, you're going to build that trust. You're going to build that relationship. So I encourage people, you know, and just find, I mean, you can find stuff out there. I mean, people put stuff on social because they want to be heard, right? They want, they want to be seen. They want to be heard. It's up to us to listen. So if we want to build a relationship with somebody, why not use the 2019 tools that are out there and start listening to what these people put out on social and use social as a bridging gap between how you build those relationships with people. It's just going to take some time, but that's to me, 
if you want to do it, listen to what people are putting out there and proactively engage with it. Yeah. I always tell people, Larry and Daryl, that, that if, if you're going to be successful in selling, you have to have urgent patience. You have to wake up every day. <laughs> That's a good one. Writing that one down. <laughs> you're welcome to use that. So, so every day, a salesperson, when, they, when, when, when the company starts to rent their time, when they leave their driveway, mm-hmm. the banker has to think about, who can I help today? Who can I have a conversation with today? They have to think urgently about that. Mm-hmm. The bank has to have the patience that, to allow the bankers to let that ferment and, and happen. And mm-hmm. it doesn't happen overnight. This is a long-term sale. You both know that. So, so just to, to send an article on LinkedIn and then to call and say, hey, w- would you like to buy something from me? <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's, right. that's crazy. And, I, and Larry talked about this relationship. This all started because you said, I found you on LinkedIn. And every Sunday, I need to tell everybody this because this is, Larry lives this message. Every Sunday, Larry sends me the post that he's going to put on LinkedIn. And he shares it with me early Sunday morning because he knows I'm at my desk trying to do stuff. And I'll put it out on on LinkedIn. That's one of the ways that we have generated a, a relationship, even though the three of us have never, ever met. And I think that's going to happen more and more and more in banking where people are they don't have time to see their banker a lot, but, but this is a great medium to be able to build that partnership. Yeah. You know, and, and, and this is good because I want the listeners to really pay attention to what we're, what we're talking about right now is I always say there's, if you want to have a great sales funnel, you have to build a really great never flowing relationship funnel. But the issue is, and I see it is there's so much short sideness sideness, whether that be in sales, whether that be in banking, whether that be in cars, you name it, it doesn't matter is everybody's in for the here and now, what are we going to sell in the next 30 days? What are we going to sell in the next 60 days? And they forget about everything else. Mm -hmm. Well, if you do believe that relationships matter, then they're fostered and formed in many different ways. And it's up to us as that individual, what we do with it. And it's not up to, if I want to form a relationship with Jack, it's up to me. I look at it. It's up to me. It's not up to Jack. It's up to me what I bring to it that gets Jack to go, you know what? I really want to get to know this person. I'm just proactive and I urge people and I work with salespeople. I want you to be proactive. If you really want to get to know somebody, then it's up to you to do something about it and show that you care. Mm -hmm. And I think Larry and Daryl, you, there, there are two ways to listen. You either listen to talk or you listen to understand. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so against scripting when somebody goes out and tries to make a sales call. You just need to sit and listen. I, you know, I tell people, uh, I got, I'm very proud of this. I got a 4.0 in my education. I had a 2.0 in high school and a 2.0 in college. (laughs) High five. I'm right there with you, man. (laughs) You don't need to be a rocket scientist to do this really well. But I I remember, and I was a radio, TV, sports, play-by-play major. That was my major. Nice. And and in my final exam, I had a one line about a, a person that I was about to meet. There was a videotape, and this was my final exam. And I had to conduct a half an hour interview given one line of a person I've never met. I had no other option but to listen to understand. And I'll say one, I'll tell you one other thing. And you guys have hit on so many just outstanding points. 
Mrs. Hubbard, we, we call her Mrs. Hubbard because we're all afraid of her. Uh, my wife of 47 years, wonderful lady. Congratulations. Oh, she, yeah, you, wow. she always says, she always says, if you want to get to my wallet, because that's where bankers want to go, you have to go through my heart. And her heart is her dog, Taylor, our director of marketing. Uh, <laughs> uh, You're throwing down the one-liners, Daryl. I'm surprised. I'm surprised the dog isn't here. Um, our two grandchildren and things she likes to do. And yes. one of the things, and it goes right back to something you were saying. In 1987, Harvey McKay wrote this great book, "Swim with the Sharks Without Being Eaten Alive," and he talks about the McKay 66. We've translated it and put it into 2019, and we've developed something for our clients called Share of Heart, which means that whole personalization, and too often business bankers don't care about the grandchildren, but you know what? In the, in the tipping point of sales life, that could make a difference between earning a relationship and not. Okay, and you, and you just keyed in on some, Jack, and you just said something, and, and, and I got to expand on it, is I always say, you know, in sales, the fastest to the heart wins. Speed to heart, right? Speed to heart. So if I can unpack this one, I, let's just throw our personal hats on, at least for the purpose all three of us on this podcast are all married and happily married. When we were dating, right, we wouldn't be in the situations that we're in right now with happy wives, happy lives and all that if we didn't get to their heart. Is that fair? Right. So we, we do it in our personal lives, right? When you're dating and you want to get married, you have to get to somebody's heart and you all got to agree upon that. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, then what I want people to think about is if you're wearing your sales hat, you got to do the same thing. And if you don't, I think you're going to, you're going to have success. It might, it might be inconsistent, but I'm sure that, I mean, there'll be some consistency there at some point, but if you can take the same approach and get to somebody's heart, like you do in your personal life, watch what starts to happen. Mm. That's good. That's a good point. And, and, and Larry, to take your dating and your marriage analogy to the next level, when you do get married, uh, life is all say do. You can say anything you want. You can tell your wife you love her every single day of the week and then sit in your underwear while she do, does the dishes and you're watching Family Guy and she's doing all the work. You can say all you want. but it's And so after we prospect and after this company comes into our lives and we have this relationship, we should do no less than when we're dating. And I'll tell you a quick story. This is something that I do every week. When, if you're a St. Myron Hubbard client, what I try to do is to get deep and wide with my clients. I want to know everybody from the president on down. Every Saturday morning, I put together, come down here and I write it just like you, you guys do. I write what's called a Jack rant. And it's something that happened during the week that, that inspired me. It could be something that happened at school or whatever the case might be. That goes out to a list of every single one of our clients between 7 and 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, and here's why. The senior executives in, in, in companies either look at or relook at their emails on Saturday morning between 7 and 8. And I want my clients to know that they are in my heart on the weekend and because they should be. And I know you guys do no less. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Hey, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right, because... Um, I prospect on Saturdays and Sundays. Daryl knows it. 
and, and I prospect for two hours on a Saturday morning and two hours for a sun, on a Sunday morning. And, you know, I, and I do it on my time zone, which is Pacific standard time. But what was interesting is I shared this with a sales team yesterday. I was out working with a small sales team of nine. The president of the organization was in the room. And when I started talking to the sales team about prospecting on the weekend, I just saw Jack, I saw their eyes going, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> what, are you, what are you telling me? But the president of that organization, you know what he told the salespeople? He goes, I responded to Larry's first message after we connected on a Saturday morning. Yeah. And I go, now do you believe me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of people look for balance, Larry. And what I always tell people is my wife thinks balance is really important. And that is the balance in our checking account. <laughs> and, and, and the only way that I'm going to put a balance there is to do the kind of things that you exactly talked about. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Well, what a, what a fantastic conversation. And Jack, I, I just can't tell you how excited I am that you've shared time with our audience today. I know if, if you don't know Jack already, you are a, you, you're listening to this podcast and just such a gift. You're such a gift with the authenticity you bring to this profession. Um, and I just want to say a sincere thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm so encouraged. Um, but Larry, unless you have anything else to add, I just, Jack, if, if you could, if you had had an opportunity to say one thing to this global group of, of really motivated sales professionals that listen to this podcast, what would that final parting word of wisdom be? Oh, I, you know, there's a lot of words of wisdom. I, I think it, it, in the final analysis, uh, talk is cheap and mm -hmm. execution rules. So I would say to you that execution is really critical. Uh, in June, I went out to, with my daughter, we went to the Rolling Stones concert. And, um, you know, here was a guy who uh, a couple of months earlier had heart surgery, 75 years old. He's taken every drug known to humans. And, and yet, when he was out on that stage, he executed. Yeah. And that's what you have to do every single day of your life, whether you're in sales or you're a doctor or an airline pilot, you have to execute. And when you execute with trust and value, as we started to begin with, you're going to own the heart of the people that you, you talk to, and you're going to own the hearts of your clients. And I'll say this again, if you do that, you'll never have to worry about the competition because you will be the competition. I'll give an amen on that one because <laughs> you just closed it out pretty well. So thank you, Jack. Yeah. Thank you guys. Awesome. And thank you to all, all of our listeners and a uh, big shout out. And thank you to send out cards till next week. Keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, cross solve instead of cross sell. And most of all, sell from the heart.